0: A complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, VISH" with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H to the number 44222 for more information. Hello, and welcome back. Today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with a friend. Julie Klein is a behind-the-chair colorist. She is at the Patricia Hill Color Studio in Georgia, and she also is an educator for Matrix. Her and I met on social media a few years ago, I think it's been already, and we feel like old friends, and we've never met in person. Uh, Julie is here to chat with all of you about all things color. Welcome, Julie.
1: Thank you, Elaine. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's really kind of surreal um, because I thought about yesterday because I knew we were going to chat today. I was like, gosh, how long has it been? And it's been since the Periscope days. Yeah,
0: I miss our Periscope days.
1: (laughs) Yes. I always dub you as the person that helped me not give up on highlighting. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember you specifically made um, a highlighting video. For
0: you, I, for remember yep, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I have
1: that. it saved somewhere <laughs> in my phone. I still have that saved. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about it all the time.
0: That's what? awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate hearing that because sometimes, you know, now that you're doing your pop-up little tutorials, sometimes you feel like you're talking to yourself. You're looking into... A camera, either on your phone or on your computer, and you're chatting away like you're talking to a friend. And you could have one person listening, you could have zero persons listening, but some of the best virtual friendships have developed from Periscope. Like I remember, you know, meeting so many people that are still, you know, showing up for my coffee chats. They may be in my membership now, but it all began with me talking into my phone. I mean, there was times I'm a very Diligent, like when I say I'm going to do something, I never miss. You know, it takes a lot to make me skip something. And I would show up no matter what. So I would be out to dinner with my son and we would be sitting in a restaurant. I would go, oh crap, I got to go live. It's Monday at 8. And I would literally walk into the bathroom at a restaurant and go live and just be like, hey guys, you know, this is going to be a short one. I'm in the bathroom at Red Lobster. And, you know, at first my kids were making fun of me. They're like, you are nuts. You're so embarrassing. But I said, Jack, when you tell someone you're showing up for them, they want, they're showing up for you. Like people were showing up for that eight o'clock Monday night thing. Why would I not show up? You know? So it really, I think, and that's kind of, you know, we can talk about that. We can segue right into what we're going to talk about that. You were fairly new in the industry when we met. And you got into the industry a little later. You weren't the typical, you know, high school right into beauty school person, which for me, most people that have had that journey that started a little bit later come to me from at my salon all day long because the maturity factor is huge in being able to, quickly train someone because they're so hungry and ready and they got bills to pay. They're not living Live with yet. mom and dad and, you know, they, they want to hit the ground running. They're, they're not messing around. So you had so much passion from the very beginning and for you to go from, I don't know the exact timeline, you feel free to share it, but from just starting out to now you're popping up on everybody's news feeds, laying down this amazing fact Written, you know, videos about the actual what's going on with the chemistry of color, and you know, before I, I hit record today, we were chatting, and I said, "Girl, you you're like making my mind blown," and I've been doing this <laughs> thirty three years, so you know, there's there's this like delicate balance between sharing really what goes on in color without. Scaring the new stylist into thinking that they're building a bomb in the dispensary. So, <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> yes, well, you know, um, it's funny because, yes, you're right, I started late. It was this is actually my second career, so um, when I got into the business, I was 34. And I was working behind the front desk at a a high-end hair salon in Atlanta. It was Michael Burton Colors. And I was behind that desk for four years. So I was watching things. And in all honesty, they asked me if I wanted to apprentice. Because you can still apprentice in Georgia. You don't have to go to hair school. And I was looking at that, looking at them and watching how they were working. And I was like, Oh heck no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's a lot of intense work. And, you know, I saw the emotional stress sometimes and I was like, yeah, no, I like this front desk situation, you know, but, um, after four years I just decided I was creating, I'm still, you know, I was still creating something. I had actually created a jewelry business for myself and, um, I loved it, but I was like missing that human factor. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I I'm just going to do it. And, um, I was nervous as all get out that first day. Um, but I loved it. As soon as I dove, dove in, I was like, man, this is awesome. It's like that business side and the artistic side all in one. It's like that left and right brain thing happening. And, um, so I learned from Michael and Michael has been in the business. Oh gosh really long time so he's back from Claire all days um, you know he's one of the early naha winners for color and i was so fortunate to learn from him but what i remember about learning is i would stand by his side every day mixing all his formulas watching him put it on handing him foils trying to anticipate okay does he need a low light foil a highlight foil all of that, and so um, I remember watching the formulas. And really, a friend of mine who actually apprenticed with him as well said, the best way to learn is mix his formulas, but you have to think about why he's mixing what he's mixing. And so that's really where my mind started to dive in. And I would watch what he would put on the head, and then of course at night I would have to read the books for my lady and study so I could pass the test. And what I was reading and learning from my color line that we were working with was really different than what he was putting on the head. And I was like, something is 100%. Missing. Yep. Right yep.
0: And still is.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no. And I hundred percent it is. Right. And so I, I would, I couldn't figure out why. And I would ask every, body that I knew I would ask Michael now Michael been doing color forever right so this m'lady stuff wasn't really out <laughs> when he went to hair school so he's like looking at me like I'm crazy when I'm talking about this underlying pigment chart and I remember he looked at me one day he was so mad he said I have never seen that color red in that hair you know what I mean like he was calling the underlying pigment for being not exact not really truly what we see in hair and I was confused Right. So, um, I started asking everybody that I could think of, and then I started getting really pissed because, okay, I got to walk away with a master's, you know, cosmetology degree, but nobody is giving me the answers I'm looking for so that I can master this. And so that was really, I, I guess, a catalyst for me. And I, and I started digging cause I was like, this is ridiculous. How are you sending people out there without information? You know? And I think part of it too, was I was 38. I was coming from, you know, another industry I had already learned. Right. And so now I'm coming in new industry going, what the heck is going on? Like, why is it like this? And nobody could answer me.
0: What a gift though, for to be in the United States and have an actual apprenticeship. I interview European colorists all the time for this podcast and for my membership. And they had a five year apprentice, most of them apprenticeship mm-hmm. it's I think it's three years minimum in Europe and most of them opt to stay on another two years with that person they're have you know having mentored from <coughs> excuse me and learning in the salon in actual real life situations with real life models, I don't know you know, you you didn't miss anything from beauty school. I don't know if they're still doing this now, but I attended in 1985 beauty school. And I remember it being about a month before we were finished our hours that we got to do color on clients. And it looked like this woman Shuffled in with her oxygen tank, you know, could barely walk, (laughs) barely breathe, barely living. She would sit in my chair. She could barely hear me. We would have, you know, what was supposed to be a consultation. Basically, the teacher would say, Oh, Margie, how are you doing? Nice to see you. Cause she's been coming to the beauty school for five years to have her hair colored. And she'd say, I'm going to go mix Margie's um, formula, come back in the dispensary. And she would hand me an applicator bottle and gloves, and say, mm-hmm. put this on the first you know half inch of her hair, set the timer for 30 minutes, and then come get me. And that was my color education. Not what was in the bottle, not why that was in the bottle. And of course, Margie loved her hair because Margie couldn't see. She had 12-inch cataracts and didn't know whether her hair looked good <laughs> or not. And that's why she was going to the beauty school. But it taught me nothing. So during sure. school, when I was still in school, my sister was doing sun in to herself that was her like you know she thought she was hot and blonde and she was really just really mm-hmm. scary orange and I was working for a really talented colorist who specialized in blondes so I said um, I'm gonna take you to my boss she's amazing I want to see how she gets the orange out of your hair and makes you a beautiful blonde highlight like I see on at the time I was like like our soap opera girls you know we watched Young and the Restless So I take her to the salon I'm working in and you now know now that you're in a salon when the owner's little daughter or someone's niece or somebody comes in when you're learning and you're like, well, I'm not getting paid for this. So you're like kind of annoyed and you're kind of rushing it because you want to get to your paid clients. Well, that's what happened with my sister. The owner, you know, was kind of like, okay, I'll help you with this. But like, I got other stuff to do. So she was on the right path with how she approached it, where she thought, yeah. you know, she's orange. I need to go across the color wheel and use something really blue. And at the time, she was using Formisi. and I don't know if you've ever worked with Formisi, but it is one of the cooler European lines. It's it right. runs very very cool. So I don't know what the exact mixture was, but let's just say it was very very drab. And she puts it roots to ends, permanent color over top of this orange sun in which we all know how that behaves sometimes leaves her for way too long walks away does her thing does a couple other things comes back rinses it and now it's this like rat fur muddy murky greeny brown right so then she's like oh crap so then she foils the living hell out of it you know goes through and and puts all these foils in thinking i want to break up this murky muddy color but you and I both know that that orange sun in is right under there and this new color and all this chemical meltdown is going on. And then she puts her under heat oh, with the no. foils,
1: leaves <laughs> no, her to do no. a whole other
0: client. So you can only imagine what the visual was like. So there's tears. My sister's crying. I'm like, I'm in trouble. She's blaming me. I didn't touch her head because I didn't, I didn't have any business doing anything to her but I was graduating in two weeks. So I'm feeling hijacked because I'm like, how can I not help her right now? And how can this woman that I work for, who's had 20 some years of experience, not do a better job? And to your point, I felt exactly like you. I'm like, I just paid thousands of dollars for this beauty school. I need help. I need to fix this. So I go into school the next day and I go up to my instructor and I show her a picture of my sister. Of course, it was a Polaroid <laughs> because it was 1985. <laughs> so I had a Polaroid and I'm like, look, this is what they did. And she just looked at it and she was like, mm, that's a little outside my expertise. And well, I mean, now you and I would fix it in 10 mm-hmm. minutes.
1: But
0: she obviously, most of the instructors in the school are a student that the school really liked. And they offered them to stay and get their teacher's license. And then they offered him a job. So most of them never have even been behind a chair and have never actually done anything out of that textbook. So then the owner happened to stop by of the beauty school that day. And I'm like, oh, he's this you know, fabulous salon owner. And he's so amazing. Well, he was a, a really amazing cutter and also did hair replacement. Those were his you know, niche things. He wasn't really a strong colorist. So he looks at the picture and he says, Oh, you just have to put red on it. Now she's got monkey fur brown, rat fur brown with white noodles, and he's saying put oh, red man. on it. And I was horrified. And I thought, what is he talking about? This man has no idea what he's doing. I don't know how to help my sister. And that's my story, like your story. How I was like, mm-hmm. how can this be that I am ready to stand behind a chair and that I can't fix this simple issue? Um, so yeah. I am such a strong, strong advocate for the United States to just, you know, of course, continue allow beauty schools to be a thing, but to also offer you and I, people who are passionate educators, the ability to apprentice people without going back and getting a teacher's license. I looked into it six (laughs) ways to Wednesday, and I was behind the chair and owning a very busy salon and every single school said you have to come full time you have to pay us $10,000 and it's 6 months full time so i'm like let me get this straight uh, i did the math I'm like i'm going to give up you know a six figure generated income behind my chair to go mm-hmm. and sit in your school where you're teaching everybody everything wrong and i'm going to be pissed off every single day putting my time in for this teachers degree to be able to say that I have a teacher's license. It's all so screwed up and backwards and just so frustrating. Think about what you and I could do. If we took on three apprentices, like you in your salon, you have three people coming in every day and watching you mix that color and listening to you tell them why, how amazing they would be Mm -hmm. so much quicker behind the chair rather than sitting reading about, the history of roller setting, and how to give a kick-ass finger wave.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Well, you know, and I, 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 of course, you know, I've had this conversation with a few friends of mine, um, you know, even just change the name. You're not coming out with a master cosmetology degree. It's like you're coming out with a beginner's degree. Then we need continuing education. And the hard part is, you know, you've got salon owners who could invest, right, and, and give this an education, but reality is, is this person staying with you, you know? So it's really hard for salon owners to invest, and they do. I mean, there are plenty that will invest
0: without Absolutely. knowing,
1: you know, if this person's going to stay. So it's almost like we need a continuing education situation. And, you know, I've definitely had people reach out and say, hey, I'd love to shadow you so I can learn. You know I'm not really sure what the answer is, but we definitely need continuing education because we've now we've got stylists that came out of beauty school without, like you said, that really strong foundational information. now not all because you know we know there's a couple people out there that are amazing cosmetology educators. I know a few of them, but all in all, in general, they're coming out with minimal education. Then they go into a salon in hopes. That they learn something, and yeah, there are definitely people that are really giving. And so, if if you find that, man, there's so much gratitude for that, and for those people that share that information. But then you have so many that don't. So then, what happens? You know, where do they go to get this information or this education? Really difficult thing to find, and I, I don't think it should be. I think it should be easier for a hairstylist to be able to feel like they can get more education. And for sure. I have
0: a friend, um, I just actually did a class during um, this time when everybody's home. I offered to do a class for her students <laughs> virtually. And her model, I absolutely love, it's in Colorado. And the students sign on for her school and two days out of the week, they're in a classroom. The other three, they're in a salon, standing beside a mentor, they get paid, to be in the salon because they're shampooing, they're you know doing everything that an assistant does. So they're getting an hourly rate and they're getting their hours. So that solves so many of the issues because your average beauty school student is trying to come up with, you know now it's like $21,000 for a nine month um, training for beauty school. So they're trying to come up with 21,000. They're coming out with all this debt and then they're going into a salon where the salon owner's like, oh my gosh, a pulse she's showing up and she has a heartbeat. Let me hold your hand, honey, and show you where the basin is so you can shampoo until your hands bleed and you can wash my towels and tear my foils, but don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm not teaching you because Mm. the owner has been so beat up by taking that little person that they've nurtured and loved on and given their all. And then they get all full of themselves in nine months. They get behind the chair. They feel so fabulous. They leave, they rent a suite, they stick it up the owner's ass. I've been one of those owners. Mm. I'm not bitter yet. <laughs> I've, I've had it yeah. a few times. I'm not quite bitter yet because I really yeah. do love it. And You're I'm in a place peaking. now. I can look at that now. I can look back on that now and be so proud that there's so many salons that exist because of me being a mentor to people. And I'm proud of that. I don't feel, you know, angry, or bitter. angry you know, and bitter a- because I'm like, that's what it's all about. You know, you want people to be successful. You want them to grow. Um, so I think that the the pluses of technology and of everything shifting is that there's no longer this like ridiculous holding on to the client information of don't you dare peek in that computer. Don't you write, (laughs) let's face it. Everybody's clients are friends with them on Facebook and Instagram. You can get a hold of your clients anytime you want. You can do a blast on Facebook. Hey, it's Julie. I left Patricia Hill. Come see me at blah, 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 blah. Like there's no stopping that anymore. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of owners are still freaked out about it. I still see it on all the forums. And I'm like, guys, let it go. The energy that you're putting into that. None of us own another human being. That client has a choice. If they want to go to Julie's kitchen and have all their blood rush to their head and stick their head in the kitchen when you just cooked a broccoli dinner 10 minutes ago. I don't want that client in my salon. If she wants to stick her head in your sink, she's not my client, she's not my brand. So I think we need to get over ourselves and stop being so, you know, it's the salon's this and it's my that and there's so much ego involved and share everything. Share what you're doing behind the chair. I'll say to somebody when they're standing next to me, please don't ask any questions while the client is there, but have a little notebook. And when you see me reaching for something that you're getting the hairy eyeball, like, what the hell? She just reached for AA in shades EQ that's bright orange. Why is she putting it on that blonde? You know, I've gotten that look and I say, do not let that guest see that hairy eyeball of yours. Yes, you should be confused, but write it down on a piece of paper. And then at the end of every night, we'll have a 15 minute little jam session where you can ask me anything. Don't say it yeah. out loud to the client. Yes.
1: Yeah. I was awful. Uh, with that, when I was an apprentice, because <laughs> you don't. How I, uh, would you know? You don't know. No, you know. no. Well, and, and and I I learned along the way, but um, oh my god, I would drive. Um, I had a hair cutting mentor, I had a hair color mentor, and then a second hair color mentor, and I would literally go from one to the other, like literally all day long, just asking them questions, and I learned, you know, I learned when and how to ask the questions, but um, I wanted to go back to something that you had said, and I thought um this was a really cool thing. I remember when I was apprenticing and I had a haircutting mentor and she had apprenticed with Scott Cole years ago when he had a salon in Atlanta. Mm. And she would always say to me, the thing that she loved about him was that he said to her, I expect you to leave. I want you to be better than me. I want you to grow. Right. And so that stuck with me because you know, it is interesting these times with everyone sharing information and and teaching. Um, And I think there are some that hold on for dear life, you know, like this is mine, you know, and I'm like, man, and I get that because we're human, right? If if you're sharing information, and someone goes and shares it too, it's almost like that instant, wait a minute, you know, but then I, you know, I always tell myself, You have to remember the why. Like if the why is for me to put information out there to help people who will then go help people, then then you gotta let that go. Mm. If your if your intention is for you to share so that you are the focus, then of course you're gonna hold on to it for dear life. So I always have to remind myself it's about like why are we sharing? If it, you know what I'm saying, like it's oh, about, absolutely, it's, it's ego. It's a hundred percent.
0: Like now that I've done, I've been coached by a life coach, and now I am a certified life coach. And my life coaching serves me so much better than my beauty school training because uh, people are yeah. people. Like it doesn't matter yeah. if you're an architect, a lawyer, you know, whatever your field is. Emotional intelligence is. I would spend all of my money right now in in future investment in education in emotional intelligence and people skills because that's what it's all about if you could be the best colorist on planet earth and if you have a shitty personality and you can't make eye contact and you can't shake somebody's hand and make them feel comfortable in your chair they're not coming back they'll stay that visit cuz they're too embarrassed to run out the door but you've, I'm sure you've seen it I've seen a million really talented people in the hair industry not succeed because their ego is fatter than the door jam with people (laughs) coming in. And those days are over. You're not the the superstar with the thumping music and the fog machine and the half-naked models at the hair shows. Like, nobody wants to see that anymore. They want to see Julie with her little bubble wrap cortex and cuticle. I love that. I love your (laughs)
1: Props well, that came that came from my do. friend Lisa. She's actually a, a cosmetology uh, educator down in Georgia. She's the one that came up with that. I always give her props because it was literally like brilliant. And I'm like, Lisa, I can use that all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just really helpful to have all those visuals.
0: Exactly. My other favorite visual of yours is you know, we, we choose levels. We grab a tube of this, a tube of that, and we think of it as a number in our head and a number from, you know, darkest to latest and levels of lift and all that. But we don't realize the amount of pigment present in each level and the difference. So I love that seeing all those jars go across and we're going to share with you guys listening, you're going to be frustrated because you can't see But we're going to share um, ways for you to follow Julie and see all of the things that we're talking about.
1: But she takes the time. Is it food coloring that you did it with? It is. I do a lot with food coloring. Yeah. Now, the first time I saw that was Um, A-B-C-H. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we all learn from somebody, right? And we take it and we shift it, right? To make it our own or use it in our own way. But we all learn from somebody. You know what I mean? It doesn't, we don't learn in a vacuum. Um, and I think it's just good to share information and, and somebody will take your idea and they'll make it better. And, um, and that's okay. Um, I think that's what we need to do is to kind of help each other out. Exactly. For
0: Um, something that, um, I tend to confuse people with is the whole universal law of color and the math and, you know, that this, Tube of seven when you put it on a natural level five really isn't giving you a seven and this is why and I get these when I do classes at hair shows I get these looks everybody collectively in the room gives me a look and I'll you know talk into the microphone and say everybody suddenly looks constipated talk to me what's yeah. going on in your head <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, so I, hilarious. I, I'm so confused you know and I say okay that's yeah. good that's good because. Yeah you only know what you know and you only know what you've always been doing. And then once they, you know, and it's always I say to my daughter <clears throat> every time we're at a class, I'll say to her, You have to tell me like, do I have lipstick on my tooth? Is my romper riding up my butt? Right. Is, right. Crack? Is there anything like really distracting about my look? Cause I'm not paying attention, I'm talking back, you know, walking back and forth. <clears throat> so someone will always be staring so intently at me that they look like they want to kill me mm-hmm. every single class. Oh, and it's very really? distracting. Yeah. It's very distracting. I'm like, Oh my God, she hates me. She's thinking what the hell is this woman talking about? She really wants to get up and leave kind of when you're at a Broadway show and you hate it and you're like, I can't get up. Cause the whole entire theater will see me get up and that's so rude. So you kind of tough it out in spite of yourself. So this right. is all in my head as I'm trying to talk. And I just keep looking at her, or him, and I'm like, God, what can I do to get through to them? Like, um, this is really uncomfortable. And 100% of the time, it has never not happened. That person lets the whole entire room clear out after the class. I'm wrapping up my cords of my projector. I'm doing my thing. And they really silently creep up behind me and say, can I get a photograph with you? That was the best class I've ah! ever <laughs> every single time. Yeah. So when we're talking amazing. about ego, like, yeah, you are up on the stage and you want everyone to love you, and you're there, and you're just giving all this stuff away, and you're you're thinking you're Joan of Arc, changing the hair color world, and at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> people are either going to like you or not like you. It's it's not about you when you're on the stage. Mm-hmm. It's about the information and yeah. the look that yeah. I am. Looking into as disgust and get me out of this class is like an intense. I'm really getting this, and I don't want to miss a word of it. So I'm staring. I'm burning a hole through you, like you have a giant piece of oregano stuck in your middle teeth. You
1: know, (laughs) like they're just staring at me so (laughs) intensely.
0: So now, I now I look at that person in future classes when I see that look. Now, I speak right to them. I go right, I keep going over to them. Like, if I give an example, I'll look at their badge and I'll say, Julie, right? And I'll walk over and I'll be like, Julie, let me do a quick consultation. Can you be my model? Can I touch you? Do I have permission to touch you? And then I bring them into the class, and suddenly their shoulders drop down. They look more relaxed, they're more engaged. And I'm like, that's what. You need to do, you know, like don't tell, put the yeah. story in your head that they hate you. Don't assume that they're hating what they're hearing because they would have gotten up and left. They wouldn't care what you think. So, yeah, there's a lot right, of, right. you know, that story. I always say the story we have in our head is 90% of the time, always way worse than any reality possibly could be. What we
1: Now, let me go back to what you just said because I think this is really interesting how you said that every time you talk about the universal law of lift, people look at you like you're crazy. I was the opposite. When people started teaching me about uh, one one level of lift with 10 volume, I was like, what? Because I learned the other way. Because you learned from Michael. Michael. Nice. I learned from Michael. Now, Michael didn't necessarily know that it was, I don't think he would, it was called the universal law of lift. He just used that um, chemistry because he knew that it would work that way. So okay. when I started working for another, for a company, I had to learn the up. Op- and to me, it just didn't make any sense because I know chemically how it works. So it was really good because when I had that confusion going on, you know, I ran into Dennis and, uh, he was able to clarify why each of those are good to know. So it's just really infer- it really uh, interesting how we com- We all come from different backgrounds and where we learned and what we learned, you know. And um, that's why I love teaching the chemistry because I'm like, if you know how this stuff works, period, you can come from either direction because you know how it works. You don't have to just stick with one way. You know both ways. And you know which way is better for which situation. That's why it always... Um, it always shocks me. I think when people are afraid of the chemistry and I understand it because truly I did not like chemistry. It was not my, my favorite class. My classes were, um, interior design and, um, what was the other class I took? Uh, yeah, it was interior design and then making clothes. And, you know, I was like, oh, when I found that class in high school, I was like, Oh my God, my people, you know, <laughs> so chemi- it, chemistry was like, uh, uh, uh-uh. um, but if you learn that information if you can get it in a simplified way right where it's not so scary um man i mean it just makes your your life behind the chair a million times easier it just really does
0: i agree and i think it may it must be difficult for you because for me i have really tried to stay 100% brand free. And you and I have had that conversation because, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I'm pretty body, And some of, some of the things that I say in my classes, I don't think a manufacturer would be too happy with just because, <laughs> you know, I'll tell a funny story or whatever that has nothing to do with, you know, the, the manufacturer. And it must be hard for you in that way, as far as like you know, that the brand asks you to teach a certain way, but you also know that that confused you when you were learning. So, have okay. you gotten to a place where maybe the brand finally trusts you to teach in the way that you actually use behind the chair, or do you still have to be like Jekyll and Hyde, like one Julie when you're when you have your Matrix hat on and one Julie when you're in Patricia Hill color studio?
1: That's a great question. Um, no, I've actually find, found a nice happy medium. Um, And I think it's because, um, here's what I've come to. A lot of the times when you get like your four basic rules that a company will set out, it's because 99, they have to make sure 99% of their stylists get a successful, at least right, successful color result. And they could be worth, their color could be in the hands of somebody that just came out of beauty school that, you know, was like you, like, I have no idea what the heck is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have to figure out a way to help them be successful, but they also have to figure out a way to make somebody who's been in it for a minute, you know, and wants to work with the color of the work. So they've been really great with making, like I, when I come into class, I teach the way they teach. And then if people ask, do you use it another way? I'll always say, ah, yes, I do but I don't do it unless I know the why. And if you don't know the why, then you don't do it. If you know the why, then absolutely. And that's the thing. Most people don't know the why. Does that make sense? Now, if Mm -hmm. they ask me a question, I'm going to be honest with them and say, this is how I choose to use it behind the chair, but here's how they teach it. And here's why they teach it the way they teach it. And I think that's important for people to understand you know, no one's out there trying to be malicious, you know, and, oh, let me give them this information. I think it's just, like, how do you make sure everybody feels successful? That makes sense, and that actually makes
0: me feel better. I'm I'm thinking that they just can't get the old out of, you know, the system, that it's like, this is the way we've always done it, and it's on the brochure inside the box, and we're sticking to it. Um, That makes me understand better that it's, it's, like, we... Don't know who's getting this in their hands, and we want to make sure that they don't harm anyone. But for you behind the chair, do you have ever use thirty or forty volume on scalp when you're um, doing a root retouch, or do you do it more yeah. the universal, higher level powers in the tube?
1: I, I do it universal. I don't. I avoid thirty and forty as much as possible. I don't think I honestly ever do thirty on a scalp. I would do 30 mids to ends, you know, if I need to get an even application, you know, but no, not on scalp. I don't find the need to do it. And most of the time when we're doing, you know, our gray coverage, we're we're sticking within two levels, right? Because if we're going over that most of the time we're out of control. So why would I do that? There's no reason. And if I have somebody that has like no gray, then I'm going my demi because I'm shifting their tone. I'm not necessarily taking them up five levels. If I'm doing right. that, then I'm doing highlighting. Right. So I don't, I think it's a rarity. Um, I don't, I would never say never right. because you know, if you, it's that rare opportunity where you've got someone that wants to be a fire engine, you know, copper, you know what I'm saying? And so, yep. well, there, there might be a situation. So I don't ever say never, but I will say at this moment, no, I don't, I don't use 30 on the scalp.
0: Right, yeah, I agree. Um, Something just popped into my head when you were saying that. Um, it was, about was it the formula- mid to
1: end thing? It was
0: about formulation. Oh, I got it. Um, on forums every now and again, someone will ask a question and the answer will be, oh, use 30 volume, you'll get better gray coverage. Tell me what you think when you hear that, because I get completely, like, I can't type fast enough with my chubby little fingers to answer that question, yeah. <laughs> and then I, st- I started yeah. to not answer, because people yes. get really nasty on those forums, and now I will do it on my, um, I have a once a month on a Wednesday, I do the WTF Podcast with another um, educator, and we talk about like some of the things that make us shake our head on forums and the questions, and we kind of, you know, have fun with yeah. it. So, so I just <laughs> take it from there, yeah, yeah. and then I answer it on my own thing because I'm like, I don't want to start a shitstorm with my opinion. But it, it's also to your point where it's like you, you really you have the best of intentions. Like I don't go into a forum sure. to be Miss Susie Know It All. I want to help someone be like, no, this is not the right answer but it's never well received. So I just stopped. No,
1: no. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. I've turned off all notifications for those forums and I stick to the education forum for the company that I teach with because I feel like, um, you know, there's so much information about formulation. It's like, I could put my two cents in, but reality is I'm, I'm, I'm doing a band aid. Like I'm not hitting the source. Yes. You know what I mean? It's almost like you got to get to the source and quit the source from putting out that bad stuff. And that's, really a hard thing to do. So I'm like, what are my options? Um, Okay. My options are to put out information that is true and truth-based, you know, just like, you know, Dennis talks about just putting the truth out there. And then people, if they come there, find me, then they pass it on. And I'm like, that's the best I can do. But if I go into that forum, there's so many people that are missing the foundations of formulating and why you should formulate that a certain way and they don't question maybe what they learned, so they're sticking to it like tooth and nail like this is what I learned and so I'm like why would I go there you know it's only going to frustrate me and it has like I I would be like answering something and I'd be like oh my god this is you know not going well and I you know talk to a dentist about it and I'd be like oh my god this is crazy and it's like yeah you know there's people that aren't ready they're just not ready yeah. So you absolutely. just put out good information and hope they find you. <laughs>
0: exactly. I'll have people write to me, which that's what keeps me going. That, that fuels me because I don't have a boss. I don't have a review at the end of the year. Like I am my own person pushing myself to be better than I was yesterday. So for me, a random email saying, you know, I got your book and oh my gosh, it totally makes so much sense now. Thank you so much. That fuels me. But every single time it happens, the person will say, to your point, I saw you on Periscope five years ago or however long that was ago, and I I showed up every Monday, and I really liked what you talked about, and I just bought your book. (laughs) So Uh, it took five (laughs) years of following me on my coffee chats, on being on Periscope, on uh, seeing me at a random hair show. It's like a a buildup, you know? And it's like anything else. People see you know, a successful educator and they're like, where'd she come from? And really she's been in the trenches, driving around in her car with a swatch chart and a flip chart in yeah. high heels, you know, stuck in traffic yeah. going from salon to salon. So it's well, definitely- speaking you know, of
1: educators, <laughs> I think in my opinion, sometimes that's the hardest ones to reach. Those are the hardest to reach. Um, you know, it's kind of like when you have a lot of friends, and someone's coming over to be your friend, you're like, in your mind, like, of course you're being friendly, but it's not like you are in, you're not feeling that desperate need um, to grow per se. Um, But if you are lacking friends, you're like, Oh my God, I really want to, you know what I'm saying? There's this desperation. And So I think sometimes when some of us become educators, I think we put out and sometimes it's not in all honesty, chemically correct, but we're not necessarily searching to make sure that what we're putting out is is, truly the way hair color works and and that's the part that's hard for me um it's not the stylist the everyday stylist is working behind the chair because they're looking right it's the educators that aren't looking necessarily um that's the part that's hard for me to watch because I know you know it's like I can see oh that person has however many followers I'm like oh god you know like you just put out information that's going to go to this many it's almost like you're a source and you just threw some information out there, and I'm like, uh oh, yeah, I mean, yep. and how do you, how do you, how do you help that? You know, that's the part that is sometimes disheartening.
0: And the part that, um, on exactly to to jump onto what you just said about the number of followers. I'll be sitting on my, you know, couch watching something on television and I'll get a notification that, you know, so-and-so is going live. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I click on it and there's like 500 people on there live. And they're, like you said, listening to everything, hanging on every word. And I'll say to my husband, "I, I say that all the time. And I've said that for 10 years and I've taught every person that's ever worked for me that. And that person that may have worked for me 10 years ago may be watching this certain fabulous popular educator. And they're like, Oh my God, that is so smart. That is such a great idea. <laughs> <I'm> like, really? <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> it's a personality thing. Like yes. we have our people that, you know, there's going to be people that are chemistry nerds that are going to be like, I am never following anybody but Julie because she is so into chemistry and how it works and the bases of color and it's so interesting and then you're gonna have the person that wants you know the person that just you'll see them in a demo and they're they're squirting like 27 (laughs) ounces of color in a bowl with no scale and they're slapping it on the head back at the bowl and there's color everywhere but they're wearing a hat and they have a fabulous outfit on they'll have like all white on and they're doing like a I my, could never, um, God.
1: <laughs> I could never, I'm so bad. I mean, my client looks nice and neat, but I never look neat. <laughs> exactly. No. <really>, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's such a, um, a brand connection thing and that yeah. can be yeah. overwhelming on our end as you know, I'm 52 years old. So mm-hmm. I get a lot of that, the eye roll from like the 20, the person who needs me the most who's that 20 to 23 trying to getting their, their grounding and their footing and trying to figure all things out is kind of yeah. like, who's this lady with the gravelly voice that talks a lot. And yeah. you know, she's like a hundred. What am I going to learn from her? And you get a lot of that, but then they'll end up coming to a class with say the owner of their salon that maybe is more relatable to my personality and they accidentally stumble upon something uh, that I say. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I want more. So right. when I create, like you gotta
1: entice them Yeah, yeah. when yes. I created the
0: online courses, my, you know, they say when you're doing online courses, you have your ideal client avatar is someone that you describe, you know? And for me, it was 20 years old, just out of beauty school, lives at home with mom and dad, frustrated that they can't figure out hair color. I want to be that man. I want to be that Michael that you had to this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. my intent. Just last week, I have two people who fit that description after oh, doing wow. this for seven years, because wow. that person doesn't want to hear from me. They want to hear from the Insta famous that spins their chair and the person's voila, beautiful, but they didn't show the why to your point. Why did it happen? How did they get there? What did they use? They're just like doing their little boomerang videos. And it's like, she looked like a train wreck and now she looks fabulous, but I don't know how or why. I just know I want to follow her to the ends of the earth because she's fabulous. So that's the
1: part about the social media world is because it is so visual Yep. And, um, there is so much, like, I, I do believe in right brain, left brain, you know, and our right brain is that zone out artistic part. And the left brain is that formulation theory, you know, that kind of thing. And I think in our industry, we're known to be very right brained And so, yes, social media feeds that you, what you see all these stylists and, and what are they zoning out on when they go home? It's application videos it's not the left brain, the formulation, and how do you do the theory, and, and it's harder for us to go there, and so, and I do believe in the fact, like, if you naturally are a right brain person, you have to push yourself to the left side, or else you'll be missing, you're not going to get that whole, you know, as much as you could be behind the chair, but also, if you're a left-brainer, you know, like, I'm both, but I do, obviously, to go towards left side, if I don't push myself towards the right side to, to do the application, to put into practice the theory that I know, then I won't be whole behind the chair. Do you know what I mean? And so I think in this time now that social media fits so much of that right brain that it's really hard to get someone like you or I who focuses on that left side to, to pull them in to say, hey, listen, if you learn this, you're going to fly behind the mm. chair. Right, you're not just going to be good. You're going to be amazing if you can have both, um, and that's the challenge right now on social media. It's like, how do you pull them into the left side?
0: I love that. I absolutely love that, and it makes so much sense, and actually makes me feel better at why it's so difficult. Because when a when a hair show reaches out and says, you know, can you teach at our X Y Z show? Um, do you want to be on main stage? Do you want to be in a classroom? Do you want to be like, what do you want to do? And I always pick the classroom because Mm. I hate when I sit in a main stage and I see something fabulous, but I don't know how it happened. And I feel like, yeah, I can appreciate it. Like a catwalk, like going to fashion week and looking at the clothes, but knowing I'm never going to buy those clothes. I'm never going to wear that hair. That's art and that's entertainment. I'm not, here to entertain you i'm here to get you to the next level and push you to being uncomfortable and people don't want to see that on a main stage so i actually hold myself back from getting in front of more people because you're not going to sit through a main stage of me talking about the theory of hair color you're not going to do it there's not enough pulsing music fog lights and strobe lights and entertainment um Mm -hmm. but to your point The people that fall into the cracks of they may come to my class because they went to another class and it was standing room only and it's by default. And then they're my super fan five years from now because they accidentally stumbled upon something that they go back and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm telling my owner this. And they look at me like I'm crazy, but it's working. You know, I tried it in the back of the hair because I didn't really trust it and it looked great. So now I'm confident to do it in the front of the hair. So hopefully- Like you said, word, our growth is much slower, but we're, we're filling a need and a void in the industry that in my opinion has been missing for a really, really, really long
1: time. So, well, you know, if you notice all this stuff I do, because I'm trying to figure out how to reach the right brain, do you know what I mean? And so if I could reach them by, cause I used to do a lot of um, posts where it would be like reading, you have to read it because I didn't want to go on camera, right? And then um, a good friend of mine, Jessie, she just kept encouraging me, hey, you know, I really think you should do it on video. I was like, well, you'll have to show my face. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, beautiful. yeah, that's probably a good idea. And I'm like, you know how uncomfortable go- to be in front of the camera. And so one day, okay, so here's how I did it. I ordered a little tripod and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna pretend, like, just try this video thing out. And I had literally jumped out of bed, put a sweater on, took my kids to school, and I just sat in front of the camera, I had no makeup on, my hair was like a freaking mess. And I just did this little video and I put it out there. I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. I was like, <laughs> it's like it can't get it. I have no makeup and truly I didn't even have a bra on that day. Right. Right. <laughs> so I was like, you know. <laughs> but but um I'm 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 learning that if you can put a good visual out there that simplifies things, but simplifies that left side, you can maybe hit a right brain, a right brainer brainer at the same time. And I'm like, how do we do that? How, and, and that's the trick in, in formulation classes, right? It's like, how do you get that right brainer? Which is a lot of us, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, you'll see a ton of visuals um, whenever I do a video. I love
0: I love your visuals. Keep them coming. Keep doing you. You've you've definitely carved out a little niche for yourself that I know I enjoy. And I always, anytime you pop up, I always forward it to anybody who's on my list and say, check out this video. And you know, I'm trying to spread the word for you because it's really good information. Um, And you know, thank you for for spending this time on this. Episode. I, I know that people listening are going to be, you know, chomping to see your visuals. So tell people how they can find you and uh, watch your videos.
1: Um, I um, on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Colors with Chemistry. And then I do have a Facebook page, but it's Julie Ann Klein. But most of my stuff on that page is on my Instagram. So I spend most of my time. Uh, on Instagram. So I would love to catch up with everybody and I'm so grateful to you for one for your friendship all these years, two, helping me not give up on highlighting. Um <laughs> No, I'm serious. That was really like a pivotal time, moment. I know it's like little, but for me it was no, huge. Not right little now. at all. I love it.
0: I absolutely yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um I so appreciate that and I just appreciate hanging out and spending time with you and I can't wait to meet everybody. Um, when we connect.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And I love your friendship and I love that we discovered each other through our smartphones and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to meet you in person someday. We're not that far apart. We actually ran to Georgia in the last hurricane scare. So I may be I may be in town in September if we have another. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) I'll let you
0: know and we can get together and and have an in-person coffee. So thank you so much. You're amazing. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you'll check out Colors with Chemistry on Instagram. And really, you're going to get a lot of value out of her videos. And if you ever get a chance to see her in person, I know she's doing some education. So just stay in touch with her. And I will see you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.